You're listening to Living Brave Podcast. I'm Yukari Peerless. Welcome to Living Brave Podcast, Episode 8. Every episode, I share a conversation with someone who is living brave. Today's guest is Shizuka Kai. She's a Vancouver-based Japanese-Canadian theater artist. She was referred to me from the last episode's guest, Hiro-san. She was really fun to talk to, and we're talking about a bunch of interesting things such as identity and representation. I hope you enjoy! Welcome to Living Brave Podcast. Uh, this week's guest is Shizuka Kai-san. Welcome. Thank you. Hajimemashite. Hajimemashite. Um, yeah, so I got your information from Hiro Kanagawa-san because he was on the podcast in my last episode. Yeah, so please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, okay. Well, let's see. I am a second generation uh, Nisei, Japanese-Canadian. Um, my parents are from Japan and I'm born here. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up here, so I'm a solid Vancouverite. Oh, okay. um, I grew up in North Van, actually. And then, um, yeah, I've been working as a professional theater artist for mm-hmm. about eight plus years now. Okay. And um, I went to Studio 58 uh, at Langara College here in BC. And um, before that, I, oh, well, okay, before I go into that, I, uh, so I work as a, I mainly work as a set designer mm-hmm. and, um, and a puppet artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also do illustrations. So those are kind of like my main things. But um, a lot of my work is, is set design. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've worked with a lot of the companies here in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I also do puppets. I'm a puppeteer. Um, I do illustrations. I've done a little bit of costume uh, design. I've done a little bit of props. I've done mask making and act- and making puppets, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, I also worked as a set dresser on film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of more recent. And yeah, do you want to know more about my like history? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I didn't realize you were born in Canada. Yeah, so somehow I, born... I thought you uh, like a immigrant, like like me. No, a lot of people will actually in, in Japan. A lot of people thought most people thought I was a kikokushijo. Right. Like, Is, are your parents Japanese? My parents are ja- Japanese. They're they're born in Japan, mm-hmm. and they moved here, I believe, right before my sister, who's three years older than me Mm -hmm. uh they moved to vancouver before she was born okay okay yeah so i'm born here and then um yeah so i I also did live in japan for a couple years for university Mm -hmm. and i did go to japanese school here and took like the language proficiency test and stuff Mm -hmm. and um yeah i think living there for a couple years helped take like my tame tame oh no tameboto no katakoto (laughs) (laughs) right yeah yeah, yeah, so my katakoto has like got a lot better, and I can talk a lot more okay. smoothly. So yeah. a lot of Japanese people here also are like, "Oh, shushin doko desu ka?" And I'd be like, yeah. "Oh no, I'm from here." <laughs> yeah, because I that's why I was writing to you in Japanese, right? Yeah, yeah, that's um, totally fine. Like, yeah, okay, okay, that's so cool. Um, yeah, I can I can read and write. I can't write kanji very well, mm-hmm. but reading and writing I can definitely do. So I, yeah. I would say I'm like bilingual. It's just the kanji part is not my strong suit. Yeah, well, 
kanji is pretty hard for a lot of people anyway. <laughs> I can't write、yeah. them anymore because we type everything right now, right? I, like I just literally yesterday I was writing somebody a card, like a thank you card, like actual you know handwritten card, and and I had to use like shuseiki, like. Uh, oh yeah, like yeah. a whiteout. Yeah, because I made mistake in so many kanji, and it in the end it looks terrible. I was like, maybe I should start all over. I've forgotten so many kanji. But anyway, um, okay. So, what did you study in Japan? Like Japanese so, or so? Well, I I I've been pursuing theater for a really long time. Okay. Um, and when I went to university, I went to Nihon Nihon Daigaku Keijutsu、okay. Gakubu. Okay. Yeah. So Nichi Nichigei. Um, and I went and took their engiki engiki program, their、mm-hmm. theater program. Yeah. And because、um, I was per- pursuing acting for quite a quite a long time, and、mm-hmm. then、um, so I did that for a couple years, and I ended up switching while I was at Studio Fifty Eight because I kind of found a new passion and I flipped、mm-hmm. over. But yeah, I only went for two years, and then I I kind of quit. Okay. <laughs> okay. And you came back. Yeah, I I had a really some really great experiences I had there, of course, like some incredible, amazing experiences. But I had a quite a hard time when I lived there. Okay, like so. Well, there were a lot of things. I mean, I found the university like school system, at least at Nichigei, it felt very、um, like it felt like people work really hard to get into a good university, and、mm-hmm. then once you're in. Nobody really takes anything seriously. Right. That's I've heard that. Yeah. It's yeah. It's so hard to get in, but the graduating is not that hard. Yeah, and then you just kind of like the teachers don't really take the class seriously. The students don't really,、hmm. and like it felt a bit weird. And I felt like I was paying like double the amount of money because I was technically like an, a foreigner in a sense, and、yeah. still not getting what I needed. But then there, I had a really hard time because. I looked Japanese, and I spoke Japanese、mm-hmm. fluently without very much. Like you couldn't, I didn't have much of an accent.、Mm-hmm. So the moment I acted even a little bit Canadian,、mm-hmm. people would just be like, "Nani konoko?" Like they would just be like, "What?、Yeah. What are you doing? Why are you saying that?" And so I、yeah. felt I I constantly felt like an outsider. Right. Like I couldn't even like I would like I'd be walking down the street and I'd want to like smile at the old lady, and if I did that, they'd be like. Look at、yeah. me, like give me the weirdest look. Or if I didn't use kegel properly. Oh, okay, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. like to my、yeah. senpais, if I、mm-hmm, if I used,、right. if I talked to them like a friend, if they would just like be so angry with me and just、yeah. and they would just constantly think that I was a kikokushijo, so I should know this already. I should be Japanese,、right. but I wasn't Japanese. I've only lived in Japan for those that year, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Because I just recently、um, had an event, online event, to talk about like racism in Japan,、um, just you know because of all this Black Lives Matter movement and whatnot, and you know to discuss what's going on in Japan, and of course there are lots of racism, and also there's a lot of discrimination against people who are quote unquote hafu, right?、Yeah. And but you're not, you're not hafu. Yeah, you're Japanese. Different... <laughs> yeah, you're you're like a completely different, and that's what's interesting about the like I I was gonna, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was about identity, and because everyone's different, you can't just you know you're half you're a Japanese immigrant, you can't do that anymore because everyone's so、um, there's so many different types of situations. No, totally. I、uh, 
I grew up in North Van and I was probably one of like five Asian people in my entire school. Right. So I definitely felt, and I I did go through a lot of people calling me racist slurs and, Mm. you know, I I dealt with a lot of that. Um, I also remember a time when I was treated like I was very different. I was ugly. I was like this weird foreign person. Mm -hmm. And then there was like a switch when Asian women started to get exoticized. Right, right. Yeah. And then I noticed that there was a switch and people started treating me completely differently. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I wasn't this weird, different person. I was like this exotic, different person. And oh my God, <laughs> yeah. you're so beautiful because you're Asian. Right. You know, so I, got, I love your hair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. Just, just those things. And then, yeah. And then living in Japan, like I remember like when I had a little bit of katakoto, like I had a little bit of an accent. They like loved it because they like, it was like showing them that I was this like, you know, exchange student in a way right. and people loved it. But then as soon as I got used to it and I got used to it after like maybe a couple months, I was able to speak like completely normally like everybody else. Mm-hmm. People were like, oh, you're not so cute anymore. Like, yeah. I wish I wish you still had your accent. The like, novelty like, wore off. Yeah. Yeah, the novelty wore off. And then they just would just always assume that I was like born and raised in Japan so that when I, yeah, every moment that I did something, I would just get... So I would just be called out for just mm-hmm. being different and that people wouldn't understand. And I would have to constantly remind them like, yeah. look, I've only lived here a year. Like I'm born and raised in Canada. I'm different. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, so that's it was such really a, hard. That's a weird thing about Japan, right? Because sometimes being different is a good thing. And all of a sudden it's not anymore, right? You have to kind of conform and be like everybody else. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Like, if you don't look white, right. then you're Japanese, like, right. no doubt. And if you can speak it, you're definitely Japanese. <laughs> it's like, I am, but, yeah. so yeah, I've, I've had a, it's always been, mm. like, a weird identity issue, and yeah. obviously, I, I got out of North Van real quick, because I just couldn't mm. stand living there, even so, though I think it's it's yes so those things are interesting to me, because I lived in Canada, um, like, a 20-plus years, and 99.9% of the time I lived in Victoria like and I've been to Vancouver many times but it's 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 very different obviously it we don't really have Asian theater artists here maybe I know like five people wow. uh, so like when I look at Vancouver like it's yeah and like a hero said like oh yeah that person that person that person that was like oh, that's amazing and you guys also have the VACT like a Asian Canadian theater and a whole bunch of other companies like that. And so to me, it looks super diverse place to me because, because I'm looking from this small town lens, but North Van is not so much. It's it's still pretty white. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's a little bit more different now because I went to school in the nineties. I know I look young, but I'm a little bit older. Um, And um, so it was quite different then. Yeah, mm. I think it's definitely a bit better now, for sure. But yeah, I definitely... And I, I purposely didn't hang out with those Asian kids at my school because I didn't want to be outcasted. So I did mm. whatever I could. I wore blue contacts. I streaked my hair blonde. I tried my best to look as white as possible. Mm-hmm. Sadly, like some of the pictures I look back on, I was just like, what was I thinking? <laughs> but you know, yeah. like I wanted to fit in like everyone right. else. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, but I, I think, um, I don't know if you know about this, but the, uh, no, sorry, the Nikkei Center. So mm-hmm. there's like a Japanese Canadian 
directory like a japanese yeah, artist Canadian directory yeah. yeah i'm yeah. i'm on that committee actually <laughs> Oh, yeah, at the NAJC. (laughs) But like I wasn't directly involved in building that directly. I just recently joined that committee to uh, it's called Arts, Culture and Education Committee under NAJC. But I am aware of of the directory. Are you on the directory? I think I am. Okay, cool. Or I was planning to be and maybe I forgot. (laughs) If not, you should. Yeah, you should (laughs) totally sign up. Yeah, I think we're working on promoting it because once we set up, we set up with the folks from uh, Powell Street Festival. Because, um, you know, obviously they also know lots of artists there too. So yeah, I don't really know the details of exactly how it started, but yeah, they set it up and it kind of, yeah, we made it and kind of got quiet, I think. So we're oh, right. hoping more people will sign up and it sounds like it's been used quite a bit, like people are searching. Oh, you nice. Know, if you're looking for, you know, Asian artists, so that's great, but yeah. Powell Street Festival is doing a lot of great work too, I think, and they, they've been doing some focus groups and yeah, there's a few members from Powell Street Festival that did like a Nikkei artist mixer and like oh, trying nice. to kind of bring people together, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also designing their new banner. Oh, nice. Year, okay. So. <laughs> cool. Yeah, like we want to do something like that in Victoria too, like an Asian artists mixer, like a networking thing. And there's some ideas, but again, we just don't have that many people here. Um, this is like one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast too, right? Like I just started the podcast and I didn't really have direction and it's not, you know, super strict. I don't really have a super strict guideline, but I started feeling like, oh, I like to have more Japanese artists to kind of feature them. And so, yeah, you're the third person maybe I have on the show. Oh, yay. I feel yay. very honored. <laughs> Thank you. So thank you. Um, so what, are you working on these days? Uh, these days, I'm, well, as because of COVID. Are you, are you a, like a freelance? Yeah, so okay. I've been working as a freelance designer and I work from company to company. But mm-hmm. since COVID happened, I basically lost all my work for the, yeah. for the whole rest. Of, I had work up, up until the end of the year mm. and I lost all of that. Okay. And, um, and then I, I've just, I've taken out, there's a few small, um, jobs that I'm doing as an artist that are kind of online mm-hmm. live stream based stuff. Okay. But I'm mostly working, uh, pretty much full time at Carousel Theater. Okay. Yeah. And Carousel Theater right now is going through a really big transitional phase. There's some news that came out yesterday. And so it's been a, it's been really intense work and being on the team has been, it's been good because our, our, the staff is really awesome and we, mm-hmm. you know, we're really good working with each other, but um, yeah, so I've been working as their associate artist um, okay. right now. And um, yeah, that's basically what I'm doing. And oh, okay. sorry. And I'm also working with Powell Street Festival okay, with their right. uh, yeah. ne- new telethon mm-hmm. uh, thing as well and the banner and things like that. Yeah. Great. And you also do, puppetry too right yeah so where did that passion come from what got you into making puppets um puppetry started when I was going to studio 58 and I had a instructor named Wendy Gorling and she taught us you know all sorts of physical theater and movement um mask work Mm -hmm. and and puppetry and um I just realized I really liked it and then, you know, when we, you, you have to do a graduating solo show when you, when you graduate at, at Studio 58. Mm-hmm. So I made like, I think like five puppets mm-hmm. um, within like two weeks. It made this like solo show about a girl that gets bullied. 
and um, of course. And um, <laughs> and so after that, I've been yeah pursuing puppets is like this thing that I'm doing, you know, alongside set design. And I keep trying to incorporate, like every time I talk to a director about set design, I kind of was like, so how about puppets? Like, <laughs> yeah. so I do that a lot, but I am also creating right now, we've been developing it for about two years and um, a show called Otosan. Okay. And, and it's a puppet show. It's a tabletop puppet show. So it's, mm-hmm. people like to call it Bunraku style, which is, I find it annoying oh, okay. because it's not Bunraku at all in the sense that it's just the the similarity is that it's a puppet that's smaller or not that small but like smaller that you Mm -hmm. do on a tabletop height like Mm -hmm. stage Mm -hmm. in a sense and you usually have about two to three manipulators per puppet oh okay yeah so i'm doing that it's a story about me and my dad um my dad is a uh he's a wildlife cameraman oh wow so yeah, so I've grown up with him going off on his work, you know, he goes to like the Arctic and he goes mm-hmm. to all these places in the world wow. and he puts he actually puts himself all in a lot of danger in some of his projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's like had his tent or like he's gone to the the north to film the wolves and he'll camp out in the middle of nowhere for like, you know, two years or something, mm-hmm. like and he'll get his tent wrecked by grizzly bears. And oh, gosh. It, it's crazy. And I <laughs> yeah, went with yeah. him one time. I wanted to help. I helped him out as, a, like, a translator. Okay. And he filmed the snowy owls in Alaska. Anyways, so the story is basically a young version of me mm-hmm. um, fo- following my dad to the Arctic in a suitcase. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you see the adventure of me and him having together, but also kind of showing... I really wanted to showcase the relationship we had mm-hmm. because he's a very traditional gunko like dad. <laughs> yeah. And you know, he doesn't say much. He just talks to you and grunts like he goes, oh. like, <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. So he's Japanese he, dad, very Japanese dad. And so I wanted to incorporate that and show the audience what that relationship is like for a lot mm-hmm. of like, at least for Japanese women. Mm-hmm. And but then show a little shift in in the relationship and how mm-hmm. they face challenges together. Yeah. And it it's interesting because I don't want it to end it like, oh, they love each other and they hug and that's happy ending. Like mm-hmm. it's more like, you know, maybe he kind of does like a really slight tap on the, the shoulder <laughs> or like, yeah, you know, yeah. like it's very subtle. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I've been developing that. That's kind of been this big um, thing that has been happening yeah and then lots of other puppet gigs I, I puppet coach as well okay so I try and help out a lot of um companies with their manipulation mm-hmm. um I just went to the Banff puppet intensive oh wow um okay. which was in January before COVID happened and mm-hmm. um yeah and I learned a lot more about like the philosophy of puppetry mm-hmm. interesting yeah so really really cool work and yeah I, I just really enjoy the sorry I didn't answer your question really <laughs> Uh, I just really, really do enjoy the, um, the art, the medium of puppetry storytelling, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. there's something about when you see a puppet on stage, like we know that it's not alive. Right. So when it starts to move and it actually comes to life, Mm -hmm. you instantly believe in it. Yeah. Yeah. I I understand what you're trying to say, because there is a magic to it, right? Yeah. It, as soon as they start moving, you're looking at the puppet, like not you. Um, yeah, it's it is really interesting. 
right? It's not like, oh, I know that's, they're just acting like, right. you know, <laughs> like it's not like that. You're just yeah, like, it's oh, like okay. a, they're, they're, they're alive. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. In uh, Victoria, we have these, uh, the wonder heads. Do you know what? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I, I don't know if you can, is that a puppet? No, they're like a mask people. They're a little bit mask, but mask and puppetry are very similar in, okay. in the style. So yeah, I think they're, they're incredible. I missed their workshop. They had a workshop here and I missed it. And they mm. had a workshop at Banff too. So. Mm. Yeah, and I also have friends who I met through Fringe Festival. Do you know Mochinosha? They are the shadow puppet people. No. I think they've I think they've been Vancouver Fringe too um, and they were supposed to come back to Victoria this summer but the Victoria Fringe just got cancelled so they can't right. um, also and then I love Ronnie Burkett because he's incredible he's, he's like a legend but yeah like I yeah there's something about puppetry I totally get that it's really cool but y- your show sounds really good too like the project yeah, we, we are going to hopefully do one more phase of development, which hopefully can happen even if COVID's happening because it'll be oh, not like we won't be using an audience or anything, but mm. hopefully we'll be able to premiere it in the next couple of years. But okay. it really depended on COVID, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, this this COVID thing is just ruining it for everyone. Yeah. Definitely yeah. is. But it, it is, yeah, we do have like a lot of good goals for it. It's a non-dialogue show. Okay. So it's just through movement, breath, and music. And not that it's a dance piece or anything, but mm-hmm. you don't hear any talking. Okay. Um, there may be like one word that we use in it, but um, that's about it. We're, we're trying our best to make it uh, deaf-friendly okay. as well. That's yeah. also one of our goals. And mm-hmm. uh we have uh, had a few deaf consultants come in and help us out and mm. we're going to try and incorporate, oh, oh, I forgot to tell you. So we were incorporating um, my dad's actual footage okay. of the animals. And yeah. so like we're kind of juxtapositioning it. So if you see like a footage of the grizzly bear, you see like the actual grizzly bear puppet doing the mm-hmm. same thing. Mm-hmm. And so we also want to incorporate some animation into it to make the story oh. more clear. Yeah. Wow. Um, because so that we're not relying on music mm-hmm. sometimes music does a lot and sound does a lot but you can't mm-hmm. do that um you know if yeah, so it's not it's not completely um inclusive right so mm-hmm. yeah yeah wow that sounds interesting yeah cool <laughs> well okay well let's move into the my questions uh segment um i have one question that i already sent you ahead of time that is what is the biggest challenge you ever faced and how did you overcome it? Is that in regards to me being an artist? Anything, <laughs> anything. Oh man. Um, hmm. I've been thinking about that and I, I, I probably have a few, but I think one of them would be when I switched from uh, pursuing acting into design because okay. I, I did do acting for a long time. Um, but it was it was hard because you know I was like this is what I love to do this is the only thing I've I've got but then when I was younger I really pursued art that was something mm-hmm. that I continued to do I read a lot of manga I drew mm-hmm. like you know drawing a hand I would draw it like a million times until I could draw a hand like mm-hmm. I was obsessively you know doing it um but then there was a point and I think the kind of nods not nods but kind of nods to what's going on right now Mm -hmm. yeah well one I felt like okay like 
I'm going to be, I'm never going to be amazing. And like, I, I feel like I'm going to be a mediocre actor. And instead of being a mediocre actor, I'm like, I could be amazing at design. And okay. I kind of started to realize that. And a lot of my instructors kind of was like, look at you, what you're really good at. Like you could really mm -hmm. succeed in this. And I, I was like, yeah, I think you're right. But mm -hmm. there was also a part of me at my theater school. And I know that they're also trying to, you know, implement change, which is really great. Mm -hmm. But at the time, looking around me, looking at the people that are pursuing acting and it, at my theater school, I noticed that basically all the people of color, especially like the Asian people, like, or well, all the, all the BIPOC people mm -hmm. were getting servant roles. Yeah. 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 That's all they were getting. And the leads were always, you know, white people. So then I'm like, well, I could just continue this. And because I'm not very good, I'll probably get a servant role or something really like meaningless. And I'm like, do I really want to pursue it if that's that's all that's there for me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah. and it, it, so that was probably one of the biggest. Yeah, that was the point, I guess, where I'm like, well, this seems like a this is a way for me to make a living right. as well. And mm -hmm. And I really, really. Once I made the decision and once I started to pursue it, I like obviously really loved it. And then I discovered puppetry and, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I'm very like passionate about my design and, mm -hmm. and puppets and stuff. And, and, you know, sometimes I do dabble in some sort of acting and performance and that's, that's fun and that's great, yeah. but I don't make that my main right. focus. Yeah. That's another thing I wanted to ask was uh, yeah, like a representation and I, you're not the first person who told me, you know, kind of gave up acting like willingly or not willingly, like just because there's, I know it sounds harsh, but like there's almost like no future. You know what I mean? Like you, like you never, well, never is a strong word, but like you, chance of you being a star, like a lead character in a Hollywood movie, like what are the chances? Like, and I know that not everyone's, you know, aiming for that, right? But still, like, you're never going to play Snow White or Disney Princess. Again, like that, I'm not saying that's important, but what is your thought on those representation in acting theater world? Um, I think it's getting better, but I think the movement that's happening right now is really good. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying because things are just, people are getting called out and like it's it's very intense the world is really intense yeah, right now yeah. so of course it doesn't it's not all good stuff but it i think what's happening is great and hopefully you know things will change um i do think things are have gotten a bit better but you know it is it is very encouraging to see more shows with with bipoc people and mm -hmm. you know actually seeing a show like when i saw um, fresh off the boat mm -hmm. i was that was really, really nice to see. That was yeah. really encouraging. And I know it was based on, uh, I think there were Chinese in the, in the actual story. Mm. Yeah. Even though it was based on a Chinese story, a Chinese family, it like, I, I was able to relate to it for the yeah, first yeah. time. And, you know, and I was like, I wish I had this when I was growing up, not yeah. Full House. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I hated Full House. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And like people say representation matters and yes, but, it's just so incredible. We don't realize how much it matters until you see it. I posted on Facebook, but I, last night I watched The Crazy Rich Agents for the first time. 
Oh, yeah. like somehow I missed it and it finally came to Netflix. So we watched it and I felt that kind of same. Of course, it's a movie. Of course, it's like a, you know, it's one of those movies. It's a rom-com. You don't have to think about much. And it's not even about Chi- uh, Japanese people. But still, it's like, oh, my God, look at all these beautiful Chinese or Singapore, wherever, like Asian people, like the power. And I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. So yeah, so I think I hope it's changing and we have more. So I'm asking everyone, like, what are you working on? And, you know, and I want to pro- help promote it because I'm not a theater yeah. artist. I love theater, but I'm not an actor. But least I can do is to kind of tell everyone about it, right? Yeah. For sure. Also, like, the thank you for that. That's really nice, I think. And, and I appreciate that you're doing this podcast um, a lot. Yeah, also I find slowly the st- the Asian stereotypes of a woman and an Asian ma- Asian woman and an Asian man is slowly changing. Mm-hmm. But like, again, film especially is so slow going. Like yeah. the moment I see a stereotypical character, I, I stop watching that show right <laughs> away because it's just so oh uninteresting. God. Yeah. Oh my no? God. And I have this thing in my house, my husband and I always call out when we're watching show is... I would say maybe 80% of the time when doctor is in the show, it's Asian, <laughs> like an Indian lady or like a, um, lady, like yeah. a, some of the Japanese actors I know in Vancouver are like, Oh my gosh, she's on this show. And I said, like, Oh, she's a doctor again. Um, it's, that's a stereotype. Right. Um, another conversation I had with my Facebook friends was I was just saying like, when are we going to see show like in the Heights for Asian people? And, you know, a bunch of people commented, and like a no disrespect, but I, I kind of want to, we've seen many like award related shows, right? Mm-hmm. And in terms of like, I like to see like a regular people, Asian stories, like your story sounds amazing. Or like, I don't know, like a Japanese girl came to Canada for working holiday and she got like, I know that's such a mundane story, but like, that's what I want to see you know totally not if just about, see, so, yeah. yeah any story um because yeah. i re- recently saw what's that show farewell with aquafina have you seen it oh yeah but the grandma yeah <laughs> such yeah. a great yeah and again like that kind of simple well like a everyday story about asian people that's what i want to see like i doesn't have to be great war story like we've we've had them before uh, so. Yeah, absolutely. One, I love Aquafina. Oh, me too. Oh my God, yes. rad. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I, I agree. I'm, 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 I'm totally in the same boat. I like. I'm so tired of seeing like the story. Like, not tired of it, but like, it's just. It's. And I'm sure this is for any like BIPOC person. Like, mm. it's like okay, yes, there's history and there's all this, yeah, trauma and all this stuff. But that's not just what these people are about like they they mm-hmm. have these stories so many like interesting things that people have gone through that yeah. that we can relate to that doesn't necessarily just have to be all these bad things or right right even if it is uplifting it's always like yeah I, I hear you like I would love to see more of that kind of mm-hmm. very simplistic storytelling and and more yeah. relatable and and yeah. mundane like for sure yeah. <laughs> you know like a, a story of a of a girl going to a Japanese school in Vancouver, like, and like something happens in her life. Like I would love to see a movie like that. 
but I know again, like I and I know what you mean by movies slow changing. Like it's gonna take I don't know maybe five ten years before we see something like that. But um, I think we are working on it. Yeah. No, totally. And theater. Yeah. I think that's why I love theater so much. Is that theater people are like right on yeah. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's like true. that's why like right like but this mm-hmm. movement happening right now like it's the theater community that's like roaring everyone's yeah, roaring yeah yeah you know sure. and it's nice and the people are like really pushing for change like forcefully but like it, it it's like it's it's yeah it's it's good and i'm i'm really stoked it's it's mentally and emotionally quite exhausting to mm-hmm. be in the middle of all of it but yeah at the same time it's very hopeful and exciting to see the changes that are going to be even though theater might not come back for a couple of years which is something we're all kind of ignoring right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't want to think not about ignoring it. but yeah 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 cool this is a great conversation um let's move into the lightning round 10 questions just okay just 10 questions don't think too much okay. okay number one what is your favorite dessert my favorite dessert is a pavlova cake Oh, that's kind of interesting. Okay. Wait, wait, okay. Wait, pavlova cake or Japanese strawberry shortcake? Oh, oh God. Yeah, it's so good. Mm, So good. Yeah. Vancouver has so many good Japanese dessert places too. Oh my God. Yes. I'm jealous. So many, like I live near, I live in the West End, so I live near Robson, but Mm. I get to live like, okay, this is not just dessert, but there's like, like ramen places. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, and I always go to Aberdeen Mall because, like, they're all <laughs> yeah. really good, right? Like, we Japanese. were there just before COVID, actually, and, well, like, just when it was happening, so it was, like, January, and, yeah, they had a Chinese New Year decoration, and I went into the ramen place, um, Takanotsume, and I was oh, ta- yes. talking to the owner there, and he said, I've never seen this mall this empty. This is Chinese New Year. I've never seen this mall empty. Oh, so wow. that was our... Last time we were in Vancouver. Wait, at, at Aberdeen? Yeah. Oh, weird. It was crazy. Aberdeen just, oh, but not just, I think it's been there for a little bit now, but there's like this new Japanese wagashiya store. Oh, 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 I think I went in there. Like, it's like, it's not a cafe. They sell them, right? Like a retail. Yeah, there's like yeah. mochi things, I, but, then, I right? and then, but then there's like imported, like famous, fancy Japanese wagashi yes. from like all over Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I bought the mochi thing there. <laughs> so good. I know. Oh so good. I miss I yeah. miss that. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh number yeah. two. What is on your bedside table? Oh, is it right there? <laughs> I can't see yeah. from here. But... <laughs> no, no. Um, I have my glasses that I only wear at night because I yeah. wear contact lenses. Mm-hmm. And um uh, a little basket and um two oh man two otter stuffed animals <laughs> and um and a ball for my um because i have a really bad shoulder so i have mm. a ball that i have to like roll around yeah, on yeah, my yeah. Back. and uh and a hair elastic but you know that's everybody right <laughs> yeah the, i can't i can't see your table but i can see your like the headboard it's cute it's like green <laughs> all right um number three what is your life motto like zayu no mewa what is it? Zayu no what? Zayu, zayu no mei. What life motto? You know, zayu no mei. That's what you say in Japanese. No. Oh, I've never heard of it. You don't need to um, know that word. <laughs> Not that uh, important. I know like random things like buta ni shinju <laughs> <laughs> or isekini jo. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Um, my life motto? My God. I don't know if I've ever thought of that question. Or something you believe in. I don't know. I believe in humor. Okay. I believe in humor. Um, I believe that's one of the most important things to me in my life. If I can't laugh, if mm. I can't laugh, if I can't enjoy and laugh and have a good time, it's not worth doing. Mm. Okay. No, I don't know. Maybe really that's good. wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making that up. <laughs> I'm freaking out. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. There's so many things going on in life right now that I'm like reassessing how I perceive Mm-hmm. my life, mm-hmm. I guess, and how I, what I, um, prioritize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's the humor's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, number four, <laughs> what are you afraid of? What am I afraid of? Sadako. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, I hate those stuff. I'm not, I'm not a horror person, but she's especially scary. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, that and spiders. Okay. And uh, oh my god, spiders and insects. Um, but I guess I'm constantly scared about failing. But I guess that's everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty normal. Failure, but failure, not like I'm okay to fail at things that I do. Um, it's more like failing, failing friends or family. Oh, that I makes see. Sense. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, in in a, in a relationship way, failing being a good person mm. in those yeah, yeah, in that capacity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, number five, what is the one thing people always misunderstand about you? Um, I would say my age. Okay. Yeah. But you look <laughs> I young? Look, I look young. Like I think for a Japanese person as well, I have like a young face. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually 38. Okay. Yeah. You look young. <laughs> I thought um, you were like I don't know 31 32 maybe good God, oh God. Um, I feel like I'm 45 on the inside <laughs> um so yeah I look the the youthness and I think has always kind of it's always harder because people always treat me a certain way and I want to be respected and I'm mm-hmm. also really short mm-hmm. I'm under five feet okay so the on top of looking young, I'm short, so they automatically assume I'm really young, even that though people I underestimate you, right? Yeah, and so I, I don't. It, it's, it's a bit more of a hurdle for me to gain respect from people that are older mm-hmm. or people that don't know me. Okay. Yeah. 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 Not to go in a dark place or anything, but <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that kind of happens. Yeah, for Asian people, because we look young. Right. Or people, I mean, I'm sure you've had, this is the, where are you from question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you like, really where, from? Where are you from? <laughs> yeah. Where are you really from? I'm from here. I'm Canadian. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Your yep. English is so good. <laughs> right. Oh my yeah. God. Um, okay. Uh, number six, what will you take to the desert island? If, if you I have only to had go. One thing? Yeah. What would I take to the desert island? If I only had one thing, a fishing rod. Okay. Pretty practical. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should have mentioned like food, but then I'm like, I need something to keep me I don't alive. know. I, this is my favorite question and people say all kinds of stuff. Um, what kind of t- things do people say? I'm so curious. I think 
was it hero somebody said like family and i said no Aww. you can't take a family that's oh. not this somebody else says cell phone and i was like no like <laughs> no you can't take your iphone to a desert island um or somebody said like a boat and i was like no like you don't understand you this question <laughs> yeah exactly like if somebody's like uh, you did something bad you somebody's sending you there or you shipwrecked or something, but right. I was, you, you don't get, you don't have a choice if you get shipwrecked, but, and somebody said, you can take only one thing. That's the question, but people say all kinds of funny stuff, but fishing rod is pretty practical. I'm a survivor. Yeah. Nice. I'm always thinking about survival. Yeah. I'm really good at escape rooms actually. Oh, <laughs> I'm like on it. Like the one you actually go in. Like a real yeah, life. The ones that you play that like yeah, the ones yeah, yeah. that you play with your friends. Yeah, I love those. Those are fun cool um okay number seven what makes you feel vulnerable what makes me feel vulnerable uh i would say i'm quite i realized lately because of all the stuff that's happening that i'm quite empathetic okay and so i find that like i like when i'm listening to or if i'm reading somebody sharing a story of an experience they had or when i talk to people and they're being vulnerable um, I find that I, I take that on mm -hmm. like very, like right into my heart and I, I process it a little too much, a little too personally. And like, mm -hmm. so I get affected and it's very, um, it's very hard on me when mm -hmm. I do that. And especially right now. So I do try and take breaks from social media and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I also, uh, what makes me, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think generally I like to be vulnerable because that's my way of that's my way of like building a relationship with people is like yeah. showing my vulnerability because I want them to trust me I want people to mm -hmm. trust me and I want to see their vulnerable side mm -hmm. so it's always something and I constantly tell my friends like if I start like I cry like so quickly like mm -hmm. I, I get emotional so quickly and and I cry right away and I'm always apologizing for crying but what do they say that that I am very emotionally empowered or connect. I can't remember connected or they worded it really, really well, but yeah. So I think I do tend to, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> no, I think it makes sense. I think you're one of those people, like people call those people like empath. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you, and I'm not one of those people, but I, somebody I know said she was, and like, even if you're, with other people and that person's like um i don't know like pissed off or really angry about something you really feel that energy or something yeah and like that's if you exhausting. started crying right now i yeah. would cry <laughs> <laughs> okay no i think that's a, nothing wrong with that right i think yeah you're just being empathetic but i can understand that can be exhausting yeah, yeah sure but i do also again i think that's what makes me vulnerable is because i because I'm keen to be vulnerable mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm keen to listen to people and, and I want to be able to help people and, mm -hmm. and, and just be that person and not, yeah. you know, I want to be involved and especially with my close friends and stuff. And so I think that's what makes me vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. great. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Number eight, if you could change one thing in the world right now, what would it be? For all lives to matter. Mm. Okay. By making Black Lives Matter, by right. making Indigenous Lives Matter, by making, because all lives don't matter. 
in the world. And if it did, it would be a much better place. Yeah. <laughs> it's just top of the mind. So that's, yeah. I think, yeah. basically. And, but, you know, I do really believe in, um, I, I'm, I, I can't claim to be an activist, but I try to be an mm -hmm. activist, a climate activist, um, in some of the work that I do. And at home, I'm like a crazy recycle, reuse person mm -hmm. um so you know when it comes to the environment and the world that is also um i wish that you know that would be better i wish mm -hmm. that things were better i wish the world was cleaner i think this covid virus has really brought on some really good stuff yeah. and i hope that kind of continues before the world and I, I'm also very, of course, because growing up with my dad, who who films animals, I'm very mm -hmm. fond of animals and um, very aware of, you know, what's happening. Um, so that right. those those things, <laughs> <laughs> animals <you>. and humans. <laughs> no, that's great. Okay, number nine. What are you hooked on right now? Hamatteiru mono wa nandeska. Hamatteiru mono ne. Um. Trying to think, I'm trying to think. Hmm, sorry, I can't. There's just so much other things that have happened. I did get really into watching um, a Japanese variety show. Okay. Possibly illegally. Um, <laughs> what is it called? Tetsuan Dashu. Uh, okay. Um, I, oh God, I. I think maybe I watched it when I was in Japan, but that's a, like over 20 years ago. What? What kind of program is it? It's a so game it's show, right? It's so yeah, it's sort of like a game show. It's called Tetsuan Dashu. They do all sorts of like different things, like you know, variety show, Japanese mm -hmm. variety show type. But the ones that I like, the reason why I like it is like they have. It's like um, it's like what they used to do on Ogon Densetsu, I think, and it's like they have people dive in the water and try and find like sazae mm -hmm. or like. They have an island and they have to build a shack out of the wood that they find on the ground or like, <laughs> you know, and they yeah, try like and make, or, but they also do some really interesting things. Like they'll be like, um, what are they called? When, when, you know, when like there's creatures or like frogs or there's certain species, oh, invasive, invasive oh, species. I see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like sometimes in Japan in the farm and the tumble, there'll be like an invasive species, like an invasive mm -hmm. type of, um, snails or something okay and they'll go and they'll go to these farms and it's killing all the crops say and right. the, the species didn't wasn't originally from japan it was from mm -hmm. like europe mm -hmm. or something and they'll try and gather all and try and find a way to like trap them all and instead of just killing them they find a way to make like a really yummy dish out of it <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so they do these, okay. like really interesting ways to like help that type of situation <laughs> yeah anyways i i'm really hooked on it i don't know i think it's just because i like watching people like catching interesting animals or finding interesting things in the wild and like i'm gonna have to doing do, good like, things google it and find a video i haven't seen that video in like honestly more than like over 20 years but I, I guess this is a still recent show right i guess it was Continue. So I think it's been up for a few years, but they, okay. um, I think because of COVID, they kind of had to like stop or they did some sort of like weird, like they went on to like an online Zoom esque format. Mm. And I was kind of uninterested, but yeah, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, 
It's a great show. Okay. Great show. Yeah. Thanks for so the recommendation. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Okay. Last question. What are you grateful for? I am grateful for basically like, I mean, everything. I'm grateful for, you know, my partner who supports me being in the arts. Mm -hmm. um, he works as a, a coder. He's a, a software developer. Okay. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for being, living in a place that is, you know, as, as much as it has its own problematic, systemic, racist, you know, mm -hmm. things, I do feel, you know, safe. Yeah. And, you know, of course, there's a lot of shit going on towards Asian people. But mm. um, yeah, I'm very grateful to everything to be able to live here to be able to eat some like really good japanese food that you right. like normally couldn't yeah. outside of vancouver um yeah. i'm always grateful for that um yeah and 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 i think i'm grateful for being able to have a community that allows me to have a voice mm -hmm. it allows me to like especially now right now they, it allows me to be able to speak up without feeling like, you know, I can't speak up because I'm Asian or like right. there is a weird, it also feels weird because it feels like there's an, it, the voices of BIPOC people are important. So they like will really intensely listen to you and be gentle with you and, and really mm -hmm. completely support you, which sometimes feels like a little much when it's like my friends doing it and I want them to just act normal towards mm -hmm. me but mm -hmm. I am very grateful for that you know support and and people and friends and family mm -hmm. uh, that sounds kind of cliche I guess but no, that's good <laughs> yeah beautiful well thank you so much Shizuka san uh when can people find you on like social media uh when or how where sorry <laughs> where? Oh, where where uh well um on social media well they can follow follow me on instagram at shizmesta um, okay i have pink hair in my picture or um they could check out my website if they like with shizuka.ca i saw um, your website and i'm very jealous you have shizuka.ca Right? I know. My, again, my partner, because he's very oh, savvy with yeah, computers, yeah. he got that domain name for me. Um, but I, I also need to update it. There's a lot of projects that I just haven't really updated. Mm, but yeah. yeah. And then I work with Carousel Theater for Young People at the moment. So yeah. I'm also there. I'll post all the links on the show note. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Today's awesome. guest was Jessica-san. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Shizuka-san. You can follow her on Instagram at Shizmasta. I put the link in the show note. I've also started posting show notes on my blog. It's yukaripeerless.ca if you want to check it out. You can find me on Instagram as yukaripeerless or yukarip on Twitter. Please send any questions or comments there and I'd love to hear from you. I'm always looking for interesting people to interview on this podcast. Currently, I'm focusing on Japanese artists who are in Canada or elsewhere. So if you know a cool person, please let me know. Be brave and keep on creating. Stay safe, everyone. And thank you for listening. <laughs>